Hello, and welcome to episode 259 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Do you get that yucky feeling when you are thinking about networking? Or maybe it's just that you feel like every time you try to network, it ends up not leading to much. Well, today's guest is going to give us the inside scoop on what networking is and how to do it the right way. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Mason B. and Lauren P. to the Modern Manager community. We are building a network of like-minded managers who can support each other to build strong, healthy teams. Plus, as a member, you get extended interviews with my guests, so you get even more insights from each expert. And there are many other benefits of membership, and I hope you'll check them out because it's one of the easiest ways to invest in yourself and your team. If you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. Go to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more. Today's guest is Megan Burke Raudebush. Megan is the founder and CEO of KeepWit, a technology that is helping the world network better. Megan speaks globally has appeared on other well-followed podcasts, has written articles on networking topics for national publications, including Fast Company, Thrive, TLNT, and Law360.com. And she has also been featured in global publications for her networking expertise. Megan and I talk about, big surprise, all things networking. What it is, how to do it well, how to support your team members to network, and so much more. Now here's the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Megan. We're going to talk about networking, which I have to admit is something that I both love and hate at the same time. So I'm hoping that you are going to give us some good insights into how to lean more into the love side of it and a little less from the like, oh, really, I have to go to that thing again. Absolutely. And I'm thrilled that you love and hate it because you're not alone. (laughs) All right. Maybe we can just start with like, what is networking and why do people love it? And why do people get that like yucky feeling like they really don't want to do this? Absolutely. So the long-winded answer, which I think actually has a lot of value, is that networking is the building and maintaining of meaningful relationships for both personal and professional reasons in support of the goals of the people that you know and the people that they know. It's a mouthful, but it's the building and maintaining of meaningful relationships. And really when we think about the network effect and the ripple effect of, of how far relationships go. But that said, the the short version that people can take away is that networking is building relationships. And so when you think about it that way, the salesy or smarmy or disingenuous connotation that the word networking sometimes evokes kind of goes away. Really, at the end of the day, every time we say networking on this podcast, let's think that we're saying building relationships. I love that it's just, first of all, so simple that yes, we all should be wanting to build relationships because that is how we thrive and succeed in life is by having relationships with people. So that makes perfect sense. And I want to call out that you also said maintaining, because this is something that I am notoriously bad at, which is I meet people, we build a great relationship, and then life happens. And so I don't maintain that relationship. And so what I'm hearing you say is that good networking is both building those relationships and maintaining them for the benefit of you and the people that you know, and those other people and the benefit of the people they know. It's not just get the relationship going. 
Exactly right. And and I think a really easy, clear analogy that listeners can think about is going on a first networking conversation, whether virtually in person, and then never following up, never really maintaining that relationship is sort of like going to the gym on January 1st and expecting results all year. Whereas if you are constantly working to nurture your relationships, to build them, to maintain them, to distance yourself from those relationships that don't fuel you, that might be toxic, you're working on them all the time, just like you're working on your muscles, or you're working on any other wellness habit. So those are just some, some concepts to think about, but you do sometimes have a first conversation. And if you don't follow up or you never hear from that person again, really, you're not, you're not maintaining the relationship at all. All right. So I feel like we have so many different pieces of this that we could talk about. So maybe we'll kind of go in chronological order. And I'm inclined to think that like the first step is like, how do you meet people? But I'm guessing that you're going to say the first step is actually figuring out who you need to meet or what your goals are. But before I, maybe you should just tell me, what is the first step when you think about networking? So that's a really great question. And no one has asked me that before. I think first and foremost, you can't do anything unless you carve out the time to do it, right? So let's just call step one, scheduling deliberate networking time on your calendar every week and showing up to that time block. So it might be 30 minutes, it might be 60 minutes. If you tell me that you don't have enough time to do it, that's saying you don't have enough time to build relationships and we can talk about how silly that is. So I think step one is really budgeting the time so that you're literally going to sit down and and dedicate brain space to it. Then I, I think it's figuring out who you know. Who do you actually know? Who are your most important relationships? Who are your biggest champions? Who do you know? How do you know them personally and professionally? And then who you want to meet and then set, setting networking goals. We can, we can continue to go through kind of that journey. But I think step one is sort of making the time and then understanding who you know and constantly supporting those relationships and then really thinking about all the time who you want to meet. All right. I feel like this is an aha moment for me in that networking, I've always thought about as like go out and meet new people. But I think going back to this idea of maintain, that I actually know a lot of people and I'm probably underinvested in those relationships. And there's probably a lot of value that I'm not getting just from the people that I already have. So I love that you're saying that the first thing is make time. And then the next thing is figure out what you already have within your network, because you might not need to invest so much in the building new, and it might instead be optimizing and maximizing what you already have. You're absolutely right. And we can't maintain an unending number of relationships. So it's really important to think about who you truly know, right? Who you know. And when we're thinking about that, it's not just somebody that we've met in passing. It's not, it may not be somebody who just handed us a card at a conference, but we often tell people that your network is your most important asset. Whether you change jobs, you change cities, you change romantic relationships, you have another child, whatever the case may be in your life, your network is your most important asset. So think of it like your house. Who would you let into your house? So it's important to think about not just your relationships and and your list of people, but who you actually know. Mm, So smart. Okay. So what are some of the ways that we can take advantage of our network so that we're, we're getting the value out of these relationships and it doesn't feel transactional, but it actually feels authentic and meaningful? So I'm going to take liberty and also challenge us to think about how we can add value to our network, not just 
taking from it, but what we're giving from it. And so at its very core, networking is reciprocal. So thinking about how can I add value to the people in my life? One of the things that we encourage people to do is sit down and think about what are all the ways that you could be helpful to people that you know? So maybe you just had a kid go through the college application process and you're pretty good at navigating that. Maybe you love helping friends who are out of work, dust off their resumes and make a couple of key connections. Maybe you speak a language. Maybe you have a skill. Make a list of all the ways that you are valuable to others. That's where I'd start. Then make a list of things that would be helpful for you to garner from your network, right? Maybe you need help figuring something out. Maybe you need an expert, a new accountant. Maybe you just want to meet other parents of eight-year-olds because I can vouch that eight-year-olds are quirky whatever the case may be. But when you're deriving, thinking about the value of your network, think about what you can contribute and what you can take away from that. One of the most valuable things you can do is make a meaningful connection for somebody. So I think it's always important to ask people who they're looking to meet and be willing to foster a meaningful introduction. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now I feel really silly that I didn't start from the place of how do you add value to others? Cause that really makes a lot of sense. And both from a like, this is how we build relationships and this is how we stay meaningful to others and keep that meaningful connection. And also because the more that we give, right, the more that we get. What's that? There's like a famous quote about this if you give people what they want, you'll get everything that you want kind of thing. That's it's, absolutely it's so true, right? And One of the most fun things in the world is to think about like, okay, Mamie said she wants to meet so-and-so. Who do I know that can really help us to get there? Or I know somebody really wants to meet X. How can we figure that out? It's, It's fun. It's a whole lot of fun to just think about how you can support those that you know. I'm wondering if you've had any kind of moments like that, or if you have clients who've had moments like that where... It's it's one of those things that feels like, oh my gosh, I have like this big wish of somebody that I'm hoping to connect to or meet. And through this kind of magic of giving value and and investing in those relationships, it somehow magically worked out. I, I think it happens all the time. A funny story that I like to tell is that one of the first times I was speaking publicly about networking, we were talking about this concept of who you like to meet. And there was someone in the audience and he was a bit of a wise guy. And he said, I want to meet Taylor Swift. Now, I cannot contend on this podcast that we made that introduction happen. However, what I can say is that he was being tongue in cheek and people in the room could have made it happen. So people started to think about who they knew, who knew someone on her management, right? And so the takeaway there is put it out in the universe. Who do you want to meet? And before you do that, you have to know. And so that's the time that you spend every week that you're really working on your networking strategy. I love this. All right, let's talk about networking from an internal perspective. So if you're working inside of a larger organization, there's a lot of relationships that you might want to make with colleagues and other departments or senior leadership. Is there a different approach that we take to expanding and investing in these relationships and connecting within an organization that might be different than how we would do it kind of out in the world? I'm going to go with a yes and no on this. So before you smirk or or (laughs) hit a gong on, (laughs) on the yes and no answer, what I would say is your approach and style to networking, that is to relationship building, should be the same if you're at your office, if you're on the 703 train platform, if you're at your kid's hockey game, right? You should be genuine. You should be authentic. You should be listening 
and asking open-ended questions. That said, internal networking is a huge opportunity for organizations. It's, it's a competitive advantage. Very few organizations are doing it correctly. It's become more complex because we're in this hybrid or remote environment. And so I would say that you should take your authentic superpower of being a networker to work or to the office and deploy it internally. There's sp some specific strategies though. So for example, when you are internally networking, you should be thinking about who you want to meet and why, right? You should have a strategy. You should have an approach. I always tell people when I was a new manager at Deloitte, I was new to Deloitte. I was a first time manager and I had never done consulting before. So there I was at this big four consulting firm, not really sure how to get on a project. And I started with the partner who hired me and I asked him who the first three people are that I should have conversations with. And I started there. And so I scheduled those conversations. I reached out. I had questions. I stayed active and engaged. And then I asked each of those three people who I should speak to next. Internal networking is absolutely something not being done in, in enough right now. And it is. it needs to be taught. It needs to be executed. And it is absolutely a way that companies and organizations can up their game and differentiate their, themselves from their competitors right now. Mm. Do you have any kind of tips or best practices for people who are like, oh, yeah, I really haven't done that. And I would love to do a better job of this internal networking, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to figure out who I should talk to. Like, should I just ask my boss? Should I just reach out directly? Because we're all in the same company, so I can just find their email and reach out. Any suggestions for how we do this well so that it it gets us to the goals that we have? Yes, I have three suggestions. So the first suggestion is to set networking goals. What is the purpose of this conversation? Randomly picking someone's brain with reckless abandon should not be the goal. So first set networking goals. And we would say that a networking goal is a goal you're looking to accomplish with the power of your network behind you. That can be any goal. But maybe you are looking to meet more people in the office. Maybe you are networking to land yourself on a project. Maybe you're networking just to really understand more about how something works. So first is to set networking goals. Create a couple. They can be super simple and they should really align with your professional goals. Two would be to just have a tracking system. So think about... As you're identifying who you want to meet, just make sure you're keeping track of those conversations and be hyper-organized about having an initial outreach email, scheduling the conversation, following up timely. Um, so number one is have networking goals. Number two is to have some kind of system to keep track of the conversations. And number three is to have keen follow-up. The best thing in the world and the easiest way to maintain a relationship is by having a rock star follow-up game. Ooh, say more about this follow-up piece. Is this like just send a thank you note within 24 hours or is there something else that we need to be doing? Yes, and so if we want to maintain relationships, we want to work on those muscles throughout the year and not just go to the gym on January 1st, Make sure that you walk away from each networking conversation that's internal at work or anywhere in the world with a piece of homework, right? And it should be a genuine piece of homework. So maybe I say, hey, Mamie, how can I help you? Oh, you're looking to meet so-and-so? I will pursue that and get back to you. Or, oh, I just read this amazing article and I want to send it to you. 
or, oh, you're looking to meet someone right now who has a certain skill. Let me look in that, into that and get back to you. So be sure, and we can, we can deconstruct the networking conversation too, the internal networking or the networking conversation, but make sure that you assign yourself at least one piece of homework from every conversation that you have so that you have a reason to follow up. Now, the caveat is don't get excited like I sometimes do and assign yourself 52 pieces of homework because sometimes (laughs) networking can be really fun and you're like, I'll do this and this and this and this and this. And then you look down and you have 12 takeaways from one conversation that can get overwhelming. So assign yourself one or two pieces of homework and do those well and follow up when you say that you will and your, your relationships will get stronger. Oh, amazing. All right. Now let's deconstruct this conversation because it sounds like it's more than just Hey, how are you? What do you do in this company? So what are, is there like a particular flow or a structure to an agenda that is kind of the the best way that you've discovered how to have these networking conversations? Yeah. So I, I think that will be personal and it'll be somewhat based on the goals that you set, but have a flow, right? So when you you set these networking goals, you reach out to someone, you say, hey, I'd really like to have a conversation with you for the purposes of learning more about what you do or for the purposes of learning more about how supply chain works here or because you were the most recent hire and I'm the newbie and I want to know what it's like to be a newbie, whatever the case may be. And have some questions going into the conversation, not a million. I would also be respectful of time. You might want to limit a conversation like this, an initial conversation to 20 minutes, but have a couple of open-ended questions. And really listen to the answers, learn from them. Then also within the context of the conversation, see if there's a way for you to assign yourself homework. But the the last question to ask, this is the secret sauce that, that we're throwing out there in the world. Always ask, who are you looking to meet these days from a networking perspective? And how can I be helpful to you? And a couple things will happen. The person will not know the answer and they'll say, hey, can I get back to you? And there you're maintaining the relationship because you have something that, hey, I told you that I'd be willing to help. Is there anything that you need? Right. But end the conversation with who are you looking to meet these days and how can I be helpful to you? The other question I sometimes ask is what is your preferred method of communication? What's the least annoying way for me to stay in touch with you? And sometimes people will say text or email or Slack or whatever the case may be. Mm, I love those. And I remember when we first met, you asked me that question. And I said, well, if you really want to know, I'm looking for someone who wants to give $10 million to my kid's school. And it's just, it's so funny because I never would have just blurted that out. But because you asked, I said, well, what the heck? I might as well tell you what I'm looking for. Well, and, and I think that's exactly right. And I'm a huge believer in what we call pie in the sky goals. But I was having a conversation with somebody, a new relationship in my network. And I said, we really need a new book agent because our book agent went to Audible and she's not a book agent anymore. And yada, 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 we signed our new book agent. So if you don't put it out there, then you really never know who people know and how they can help. So true. All right. I want to shift a little bit and talk about how we as managers can support the networking goals of our team members. So do you have any any tips or suggestions for how we can help our colleagues identify their goals and make those introductions to help get getting them going on their own networking journey. Absolutely. One of my favorite things as a manager is to always understand what my people's goals are. And it could be they are looking to speak publicly at the next annual meeting. It could be that they want to get exposure to the sales function or a different team. It could be that the company or organization has just hired a luminary and and the person on your team just wants to be in a meeting with that person just to just to feel their vibe, whatever the goals are. 
So if you are on my team, maybe, and I say, hey, what are you looking to accomplish right now? And how can I help you? It's my job as your manager to know what your goals are and to support you in, in getting there. So that's one. Two is to always encourage a culture of networking, a culture of relationship building. So as you're in team meetings, as you're in one-on-ones, really asking your people who they're looking to meet or thinking about who I know and, and meaningful introductions to hit the pause button before making any introduction. And we always encourage people to be connectors. Make sure that you get double opt-in from both people before you introduce. So that's just a pro tip to insert there. But as managers, understand your people's goals. Think to yourself about how you can leverage your own network on your people's behalf to help them get there and think about introductions. And then for the people on your team, really just encouraging overall that that culture of relationship building so that on an ongoing basis, you're activating those networks internally and externally. Yeah, I can see how any kind of goal that someone might have, if it's their growth or an experience they want to have or kind of where they're imagining their career might lead, that you there's always people in your network or people within the organization that you can help them connect into to be able to get those experiences, to meet those people, or to learn about that career pathing. And then if we think about our part of our way that we can support our people is by making those introductions, of course, with the getting permission from both people. But if that's just another tool in our toolkit of helping our people grow in advance. I love that. Absolutely. And it will build that trust and appreciation with your team because when they know, if your network is your most important asset, And if I am on your team, Mimi, and you extend your network on my behalf, what a great way for you and I to strengthen our own relationship, because I know that you honestly believe in me enough to extend your network on my behalf, which is such a gift. Mm, Yes. All right. So let's talk about the toxic side and the like, I don't want to maintain this relationship, but someone keeps coming at me or i getting all these requests to be connected. And I just, I want to say no, but I feel like I'm being rude by saying, no, I don't want to meet this person. How can we do the like separation part of it with grace? So at the end of the day, there is an integral connection between networking and wellness. The stronger our relationships are, the stronger our network is, the more we know that people have our backs, the healthier and, and the more well that we are. And so you have no obligation to respond to a spam message. <laughs> let's just let's just let that ruminate for a second. So if somebody is spamming you, social media, email, any way that someone can spam you, you have no obligation to respond to that person. Someone once told me that your inbox is other people's agendas. <laughs> and that that really resonates, right? What is your agenda? So that's that's one thing. But you asked how you distance yourself from a toxic networking relationship. We get this question a lot. And and I think as as a, a human, I have one of my top goals is healthy relationships only personally and professionally. And so if you find, for example, that someone has let you down or you find that someone has not stayed true to their word, which is really similar to letting you down, or you find that someone is just being a jerk, you have no obligation to stay in that relationship with them. And there's a couple ways that you can handle that. A lack of a response is a response. So I think that's really important. Setting a clear boundary. And it can be as easy as, hey, I'm really tied up with X right now. So I'm unavailable. 
I would just say a couple of tidbits. You don't ever have to apologize for this. Your time is really valuable. You don't have to give an excuse. I know no is a complete sentence. I don't know if I grammatically agree with that, but I agree with the sentiment of it. So I think at the end of the day, we have a certain number of minutes each day and in our lives. And do we want to spend those minutes in unhealthy, upsetting relationships that may be toxic? Or do we want to put our, our time where, where our passion fuels us? Yes. Yes. I mean, yes to all, all of these things. And I will acknowledge that it is very hard for me to say no to like everything that I get invited to and every person I get introduced to. It is so hard because it feels like a missed opportunity. Like maybe there is something valuable here, even if I'm like not so excited about this person or this event or whatever it might be. But the like, oh, but still, I don't want to disappoint somebody. And oh, I might meet somebody really cool or I might have an amazing time at this event. And still, it's hard to just say, you know what? Nope, I can say no because my time is precious and I need to be investing and maintaining the relationships that are fueling and not worry so much about the missing out or the hurting people's feelings that that is okay. What I would say is that's why it's important to have a networking strategy in the first place. So everybody should be setting networking goals, not just people on teams within companies. What are your networking goals? I was networking to land a book agent. So having a conversation with a book agent supported that goal. We can all get get invited to a bazillion events, right? Well, maybe my I am networking to meet investors and I'm networking to meet prospective clients for Keep With, right? So is this event that I'm getting invited to, is that going to support one of those goals? So that's just one test that I give is, is what I'm doing supporting those goals. The other test I give personally is, is this worth time away from my daughter or away from my Peloton or away from my joy, right? <laughs> is, is what I'm doing worth it? But I think if you have those networking goals in the first place, it can help you stay hyper-focused for every networking meeting you take, for every introduction you make, and for every event you attend. Yeah, it's so smart when you put it in the context of your values and your goals, suddenly the answers become very clear. And even on the side of like, should I take this introduction? Will this be a good use of my time when someone I trust is introducing me to someone else? Do I want to say yes or no? So many times I think about both the value that I would be providing to my friend or the person who's making the introduction. And is this a person that I want to be contributing value to right now? And secondly, what do I think my value exchange will be by meeting this person? And does that either support my goals, although I've never really thought of it that way, but also is what they want to meet me for something that I can give easily, right? If they want to talk about something that I have a lot of experience with or something that's very easy for me to just show up and be helpful, great. If they want to talk about something that seems outside of the scope of what I'm comfortable talking about or what feels like it's going to be a really difficult kind of lift, then I might say no, because I don't want to put that kind of energy into this this conversation. I don't know if those are good metrics or not, but those are the ones I often use. Well, and sometimes it's just about meeting someone, right? There is someone close to keep with who's very close to us in, in terms of counsel, legal counsel, and she will take any first meeting. That's her approach, right? She's a super connector. She's a legend. She is literally an epic human being. And I know someone else who will take every first meeting and every second meeting. That is just their approach. I am way more discerning with my time and we'll just have a limited number of meetings each week. And, and that so it's really just having an approach that works for you. But I would challenge listeners not necessarily to think even about what they would give or get in the conversation. Sometimes it is just about meeting someone. 
and asking those open-ended questions and learning about them. And again, that's where in the beginning of the year at the gym, you're lifting the five pound weights and you're just getting started so that you're nurturing those muscles throughout the year. There may be nothing that comes from a conversation that you have in the beginning, but you're starting to build that relationship. Love it. All right. Well, we are at the end of our time. So Megan, can you tell us about a great manager you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss? I absolutely can. So Jeannie Lewis, she has a great friend and she was the partner who hired me at Deloitte. She knows all about regulatory compliance, which is what I I spent my career doing. So she is an expert substantively. However, she's also one of the most genuine human beings I've ever met. When I would go into Jeannie's office, it would be a conversation about how we were doing personally before we even started to talk about work. And that's just something that I always valued about her and always appreciated about her. So she was a good boss because she was authentic. She's funny. She's human. She knows her stuff. <laughs> and she was definitely always willing to to pull me into to projects and initiatives. So shout out to Jeannie Lewis, who I, I was lucky to have lunch with recently. And she's a true star. Oh, fabulous. Love that you've maintained that relationship with her over time. I'm no, no surprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of my thing. All right. And where can people learn more about you and Keep With? Absolutely. So people can go to keepwith.com. That's our website. If individuals want to sign up for our new tech, they can go to platform.keepwith.com and register before downloading it to their devices. But they can also reach out to me at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at keepwith.com. And we have all the usual social channels. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I have definitely learned a lot. And the first thing I'm going to do now is go and block time on my calendar to make sure that I am investing in those relationships every week. Well, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Megan is graciously offering 50% off of one year of Keep With app to patron members of the Modern Manager community. That means you get the power of this app for $10 a month when you make a one-year commitment. I have been using this app, and I have to say that it has been extremely easy to use and really helpful in clarifying my networking goals and tasks. In addition to this guest bonus, members get the extended interview with Megan, where we talk about what to do during your 30 to 45 minutes of networking time on your calendar each week, and how to network with strangers when you're at an event or conference. And both of these can help you maximize the value of your networking efforts. So to get the extended interview, as well as the discount on Keep With, become a member of the Modern Manager or join the Skills Accelerator. Learn more about both at themodernmanager.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.